Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 127 of Better Regulate Than Never. Happy Valentine's Day. I know that this day is usually reserved for romantic love, but I know that not everyone has a romantic partner and some people don't even want a romantic partner and that is okay. I think it's important to celebrate all kinds of love. And I know that you love someone, a family member, a friend, and I hope for sure that you love yourself. That is the most important love that we can cultivate with others. And of course, unconditional love for others. I love that one too. And I hope you have unconditional love for some people. Really, it would be great if it was for everybody, but I know that one is hard. So today I'm just going to try to cover all the different kinds of love because even though I knew that there were a lot of different kinds of love, this researching for this really reminded me how many there actually are. I was really surprised about it. And when you look it up, you're going to find, as I always do when I research for these things, you know, there's an article about four types of love. There's an article about 12 types of love. There's an article about eight types of love. And so, you know, everyone has their opinions about this, but this one's about eight different types that I think really encompass most things. And I'm going to apologize for my, the sound of my voice because I have a cold. I do not have COVID. Thank goodness. I've tested several different times. Um, It's just the average cold that we've all got so many times. And so it sounds funny and I'm even taking medicine and it doesn't seem to totally help my nose, but I don't feel too bad. So, and I want to keep going and keep getting these things recorded and uploaded and move on to the next task in my life. So here we go. So these eight types of love happen in various types of relationships. It can be with romantic partners, it can be with friends, it can be with family. And some of this love can even be for strangers, uh, people you don't even know, which I love. That's um, part of some things that we've talked about before. So the first one I want to talk to you about is agape. And that is that unconditional love. That means love that has no conditions on it. You love people even if they don't do any of the things you want them to do. So, you know, even if they do or don't do anything. Some people have described agape as a type of spiritual love. I remember at church, we do talk about agape love a lot. It doesn't have to be a spiritual love. It definitely is just unconditional. But for Christians, Christians believe that Jesus exhibited this kind of love for all humans. He was selfless and sacrificed himself so that other people could be rid of their sins. And he did that for everyone, even though he didn't know them or no matter what they did or didn't do. He suffered for the happiness of others. Now, we also have to be careful about that. We, you know, like for our own selves, having unconditional love, there are times when we should not be sacrificing ourselves for someone else's needs and wants. But there, especially as a parent, there is a a part of unconditional love that parents would do anything no matter what, or love their kids no matter what that makes sense. Um, I also talked about unconditional love in episode number 95. We are all the same. So you might want to go back 
and listen to how I kind of, I went into more detail about unconditional love. And I also did a guided meditation and it doesn't have a number on it, but if you go back to December of 2020, I did a kind of a bonus episode that was a guided meditation. And in that guided meditation, it talks about sending love and grace to all people. And that's like all people on the whole earth. And that is another way to practice unconditional love. I love to think about how every human being on the entire planet is somehow connected and that we can love all of those people, even if we don't know them. Another type of love is eros. And a lot of these are going to be um, Greek words. And this eros is romantic love. Eros is named after the Greek god of love and fertility. And so it is associated with romantic, passionate, and physical love. So it this one is the one that could be expression of sexual passion and desire, but um, it's just also in the romantic part of when you think about a romantic partner. Then there is philia, which is affectionate love. It's a kind of love that you can feel for your friends. Now, obviously you can feel affectionate towards your romantic partner. And I do feel like I think about my husband and of course I feel romantic love eros for him but I also just feel affectionate about him. I do feel like he is my best friend, somebody that, I mean, he's one of the first people that I ever want to tell anything to good or bad. And there is just an an affection of liking to spend time with him and liking to be around him. But this is also, this philia is also how we feel about our friends and we want to be around them and we like it. It's said that this is often considered platonic love. And that means that it is a close bond, but it's not sexual or romantic. So that's how it doesn't fit for a romantic partner. But the town of Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. And that's because the word origin of philia or philios, meaning a love for someone like a brother. Did anyone celebrate Galentine's Day yesterday? Galentine's Day is February 13th. And it is I'd heard of it. But I didn't really know where it came from or, you know, why and I know my daughter celebrates Galentine's Day with her friends. And so I was like, what is this really about? So I looked this up. And it's a day to celebrate your female besties, people that you like to spend time with. And it is considered uh, female or people who identify as female. I thought it was people made up Valentine's Day because they didn't have a romantic partner. And so they were like, well, I hate Valentine's Day because I don't have a romantic partner. So I'm going to make up this holiday, Valentine's Day for just anybody. But it really is, it. you can have a romantic partner, but you also celebrate Valentine's Day because you have a good female friends that you enjoy. And it said, as I was looking this up, that it started on the TV show Parks and Recreation in 2010. And it was a way that Leslie Nope, one of the characters on Parks and Recreation, and her girlfriend celebrated their friendship. 
And then I thought, well, is there a male version of Valentine's Day? And there is. I don't think it's probably as well publicized, but it's called Valentine's Day. For the, that's because of male Valentine's Day or male Valentine's Day, and it said that it was celebrated on February twelfth. You don't have to have a certain day to celebrate your friends or even celebrate love like Valentine's Day, but. It is kind of sometimes when you you kind of forget to celebrate people if you don't have a day or a time or put it on your calendar. So it's kind of nice to have these days. The fourth kind of love is called filativa, and that is self-love. So a lot of times we get a little bit mixed up with self-love and we think about someone who loves themselves or narcissistic or selfish or stuck on themselves. But really self-love is not negative and it's not unhealthy if you're doing it because you're taking care of yourself and you have respect and boundaries for yourself. And that is a good kind of self-love. And I feel like self-love, loving yourself is necessary in order to be able to give and receive love from other people, at least healthfully. I don't know, is that a word? (laughs) Like, obviously, people get in romantic relationships, but it's unhealthy where people don't know how to treat each other, or they don't have boundaries, and they have all these kind of problems. And I think the problem comes from they don't have self love. And so when they get in these relationships, they're, it's, it's an unhealthy situation instead of a healthy situation. Another way to look at self-love is by thinking about it as self-compassion. So just as you might show affection and love to another person, you must also show the same affection and love to yourself. If you want to see more love in your world, it begins with you loving yourself. The fifth kind of love is called storge, and it's actually spelled like storge, S-T-O-R-G-E. And I looked at, uh, I always look up how do you pronounce something because I don't always know, you know, because things are coming from different languages, they might be, you might say them differently. And so actually, when I looked it up, one of them was said storge, Another another one said storage. So I suppose you can say it either way because it just depends on which origin you're coming from. This type of love looks and feels a lot like philia, which is that affectionate love felt between friends. But this one is more like the parent-child love. So again, it's platonic because there's not a sexual part of it, but you feel very affectionate towards just like parents do feel about their children. And I also feel like it has to do with history. So as I was thinking about um, some of the definitions for storge, it was talking about like this, you have a history with someone, you know them really well, because you've spent a lot of time with them. And again, that makes sense in a family, you're living with these people. So you feel a different kind of love for them. But I feel like the parent bond there's something more than just being familiar because it's almost like supernatural. It's like when that baby is born, it's like love at first sight, I guess, where you just love them just because, you know, they, you don't, because you love them that very second you see them, there's not, you don't have the history there because you just recently 
got to know them. But so it's kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of going on my own tangent. This is not what any research said, but I just think about it kind of like they mentioned it was like the parent-child love, and I get that, but I really feel like this storge or storge also has to do with history because I was thinking about old friends, you know, friends from high school and friends that I've known for a really long time. We have a different kind of bond because we've known each other for so long than friends that maybe I made in my adult life even though I can have a super strong bond with them. And I do. And sometimes the, and I can think of some adult friends that I've made that I feel a stronger bond to because I met them at a time when I was already who I am right now, instead of who I was when I was five years old, which is not at all who I am now. So I think about my classmates. I went to a small school. There were only 47 of us that graduated together. And most of us went what were in school from kindergarten when we were five all the way to when we were 18. And so there's a different kind of affection and love that you get from that kind of environment that's just different than you have uh, with other people. The sixth kind of love is called pragma, and it is enduring love. So this is the kind of love that old married couples have or you would hope that they would have, you know, maybe they've been together since they were teenagers and they're still holding hands or they've been married 75 years and they still wink at each other or pat each other. I just think that is so beautiful. And the research said, unfortunately, that this kind of love is rare. And I feel sad about that because it, it is so beautiful and I've seen it. I've seen couples have it and I've enjoyed watching those people as role models And I strive to have this kind of love in my life. I want to feel just as excited about my husband 25 years from now as I do right now. And so far, that's exactly how it is. I think when you have this kind of love, this enduring love, it, it, isn't as hard to do because if you've if you've loved them a lot and enjoyed them for so long and you've made all these um, mutual compromises and 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 know what helps the other person to feel happy and you feel happy in the relationship, it isn't as hard to do as when you're at odds and you're always having to try to figure out how to make it work. The seventh kind of love is called ludus or it's a playful love. And I think about this as like having a crush on somebody, but it's like that feeling of infatuation in that early part of romance where you just think about them all the time. Like the second you wake up, you're thinking about them. When you go to bed, you're thinking about them. You you feel like these butterflies in your stomach all the time, this giddiness, like you're just sort of floating through life and you are pretty distracted. I think during that time, you're not really focused on doing a lot of things other than just thinking about that person. And you never want to be away from them. Studies have shown that when people are experiencing this type of love, that their brain is acting as though it is on cocaine. And I do, I mean, I've obviously felt this feeling many times. And it it does feel like you're high on drugs or you're I just remember 
almost feeling like electricity in my body, like so much tingling and craziness. And even though my husband and I have been married almost 12 years, I I still like to bring up this feeling. Um, and you can bring up any feeling intentionally that you want to. Now, obviously, we're not going around floating around thinking about each other all the time, because it's not good. I mean, you don't stay in that kind of feeling because you'd never get anything done. You'd never go to work or you'd never uh, think about other things besides how much you love this person. But there are times when I think about those early times and how I felt and you can think about, okay, what was I thinking at that time? And how did I feel? Kind of like that future self we've talked about where you imagine what it's like in the future to have something and then what what does it feel like? And then what are you thinking to create that feeling? You can do that with love too. And so if you have been in a relationship for a long time and you're not feeling very excited about it, just think about when you did feel excited about it, what were you thinking? How did it feel? And then you can recreate it again. And I do that sometimes. Like I just recreate it and I just think about how amazing he is and (laughs) When we were first dating and first married, I remember sometimes driving to work and I would just think about him and I would just cry because I was like, oh, I love him so much. (laughs) So I try to bring those feelings back up because it's fun. The eighth kind of love is mania. And this is obsessive love. And this one is not a good type of love because it's obsessive. This type of love can lead someone into madness, into jealousy, um, rages, anger. And it's because it's a balance between the erosexual love and the ludos playful love, but the balance is completely off and crazy. So, you know, those butterflies, craziness feelings that you have at the beginning just turns into like this obsession, jealousy, rage type of stuff. Many people who experience this type of love suffer from low self-esteem. And again, remember we talked about if you don't have a lot of self-love, then when you're in relationships, they actually are kind of unhealthy because you're not loving yourself. And so I think this is a perfect example of the kind of love that if someone's not healthy um, and loving themselves and um, they have a lot of work to do on their own selves then they get into these relationships and they fear that if they lose this other person that, you know, their life is ruined or they're going to die or whatever. And so they're trying to control it. It can be very destructive. And I watch a lot of true crime documentaries and shows and many times this kind of obsessive mania love kills people. People are so obsessed with someone that they kill them. And sometimes it's because that person doesn't love them and never did love them, but they were obsessed with them from afar. And then they kill them because that person never reacted back or responded in that kind of love. But sometimes these people have been married or they've been in a romantic relationship and it was going well, but then there's a breakup or there's a rejection or The other person decides they don't want to be there for whatever reason, and the other person can't handle it. So I just felt like today, uh, Valentine's Day, was the perfect day to kind of just look at all these different kinds of love and 
in relationships, because I know a lot of people that aren't in a romantic relationship or don't want a romantic relationship hate Valentine's Day. But there's really no reason to hate Valentine's Day because it doesn't have to be about romantic love. Valentine's Day can be about celebrating all these different kinds of love. And I know that you have one of these types or more of these types of love in your life. And I want you to celebrate that today. Remember that loving yourself is the most important one. If you're having trouble loving yourself, you need a life coach. You need someone to help you see how wonderful you are. I know it's hard to find that lovable part sometimes. And I have been there. I think I probably went years sometimes without loving myself. And I think that's why my first marriage was such a rocky mess because I got into that relationship and into that marriage from an unhealthy spot. And then I couldn't be a healthy partner and they were also in an unhealthy spot and it was just a big mess. And I now know what I need to do to have a relationship that's healthy and to have a relationship with myself. But I didn't know that for a long time and I didn't find it out until I had a life coach. So I want you to know that if you're, you're struggling with this, that I am somebody that can help you. A life coach can help you find that lovable part of yourself and reflect it back to you so you can see it and that you can start to look at your thinking and how that the thinking, the way you were thinking about yourself was distorted and how you can fix it. So get on my calendar and let me show you the beauty of you. The consult is free and there is no obligation for you to work with me. I am not a hard sell person. I don't like people hard selling to me and I would never do that to someone else. I would love to just be able to help you like look at some things and see if if it feels better. See if the consult itself helps you to shift something in your thinking. And if you like it and you uh, want to work with me, amazing. We'll talk about that. But if you don't, I hope that that helps you and you can move on. I can help you find thoughts that are getting in your way of loving yourself and maybe loving other people. Talk to you soon.